My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most, because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that I give them in a shade. As the global police state burns its quarry to smithereens, paving new ground in destruction's wake, developing smart cities and pumping out propaganda at a rate that can seizure rational and critical thinking, it's important to remember a man who helped reveal so much at such a grave cost, his life, liberty, and sanity all in jeopardy. Julian Assange is a man that many have heard about but few know the full detailed timeline And I'll admit, I didn't either. So I did some research, and instead of reading it all for you in this what's supposed to be brief introduction to an excellent podcast, I figured after talking to Rizwan Verk, I would enlist the help of some AI-simulated podcast assistant, if you will. So here she is. Now, if you would, Isla, please give us a breakdown on the Julian Assange timeline. Yes, thank you for the introduction, Mystic Mark. I have gathered this information from available resources scraped via DuckDuckGo. Here is a summarized timeline of the past 17 years of events in the life of Julian Assange. December 2006, Julian Assange, a former Australian computer hacker, founds WikiLeaks.org. The website aims to provide a platform for whistleblowers to post sensitive and secret political documents while keeping their identity anonymous. February 2008, WikiLeaks exposes Swiss bank, Julius Baer, for involvement in money laundering. It publishes internal documents to show that the bank was helping clients launder funds via the Cayman Islands. This leads to the first of many legal charges against WikiLeaks. November 2009, WikiLeaks releases a comprehensive archive of text pager messages recorded in the US on September 11, 2001, the day when hijacked airplanes crashed into the World Trade Center in New York and the Pentagon in Washington. April 2010, WikiLeaks releases a video of a 2007 U.S. military helicopter strike on Baghdad, Iraq, and the casualties that resulted from this. Bradley Manning, an American soldier, is charged and arrested for leaking the information. July 2010, WikiLeaks releases classified U.S. military documents on the war in Afghanistan revealing details of civilian victims and alleged links between Pakistan and the Taliban. August 2010, a Swedish court issues an arrest warrant for Assange on charges of rape made by two Swedish women, who were also former employees of WikiLeaks but then decides to postpone the warrant until November. 
October 2010, WikiLeaks releases some 400,000 accounts written by American soldiers from 2004 to 2009 revealing that the U.S. decided to ignore cases of torture by Iraqi authorities on civilians. November 2010, Swedish prosecutor reissues European arrest warrant for Assange. Ten days later, WikiLeaks releases classified U.S. diplomatic cables, revealing assessments of American officials on a range of issues together with views of other governments. December 2010, Assange hands himself over to London's police and is placed in custody custody pending a Swedish court's ruling on the extradition request. A few days later, Assange is released on bail and tells media that the rape allegations are part of a politically motivated campaign to undermine him. He was ordered by the court to live at a supporter's countryside mansion in eastern England. February 2011, a British judge rules Assange can be extradited to Sweden to face sexual assault allegations. He dismisses claims made by Assange's lawyers who argued that Assange would not receive a fair trial in Sweden. The 39-year-old denied three allegations of sexual assault and one allegation of rape in Stockholm last year. July 2011, Assange appeals against the extradition ruling. September 2011, Assange's unauthorized biography is released in England in which he completely denies the sexual assault allegations made against him. November 2011, British High Court judges reject Assange's appeal against his extradition to Sweden. January 2012, Assange appeals his extradition at British Supreme Court. May 2012, British Supreme Court rejects Assange's extradition appeal and rules that he must be tried in Sweden. June 2012, Assange makes a plea for asylum in Ecuador after seeking refuge at the South American nation's embassy in London. Ecuador's foreign minister announced that they would be evaluating Assange's request according to international law. June 28, 2012, Assange ordered by British police to turn himself in on an extradition notice. June 29, 2012, Assange refuses to turn himself into British police and officials say they will arrest him as soon as he leaves Ecuador's embassy. Ecuador delays decision on Assange's request for asylum. July 2012, WikiLeaks hires Spain's former human rights judge, Baltasar Garzon, to lead the legal team fighting for Assange. Garzon is said to have met Assange at the Ecuadorian embassy in London. August 2012, UK warns Ecuador it may raid its London embassy if it doesn't hand over Assange to the British police. Ecuador condemns such a threat and few hours later, announces that it will grant Assange political asylum. May 2015, Unpanel rules that Assange is being arbitrarily detained. July 2015, WikiLeaks releases confidential emails from the DNC and the Clinton campaign. May 2016, Swedish authorities drop all investigations into Assange. UK warrant for Falailing to appear in court still out. December 2016, Ecuador grants Assange citizenship. U.S. indicts Assange under seal for military leaks. February 2016, Westminster Magistrates Court upholds Assange's arrest warrant for skipping bail. April 2018, Assange is arrested at the Ecuadorian embassy for failing to appear in court and on behalf of U.S. authorities. February 2019, 117 doctors publish open letter entitled, End Torture and Medical. Neglect of Juillian in the Lancet renewed call for him to be a transferred out of the Belmer prison. Extradition hearing begins at Woolwich Crown Court, London. September 2019, Assange appears in court facing new indictment with 18 counts. Hearings conclude October 1st. January 2021, extradition to the U.S., denied due to mental health concerns. July 2021, Ecuador revokes Assange's citizenship. October 2021, hearing on extradition ruling appeal begins on Oct. 27. So that should catch you up to speed. And some other things that I thought were worth mentioning is that Julian Assange, uh, as a child, grew up running away from a cult that his mother, he had a single mother and some siblings, uh, a cult was actually um, chasing after his mother. So they spent a lot of time running from this cult. Very interesting stuff. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll get Julian Assange on the podcast.
podcast and ask him all about it. But not today. Today's guest is incredible. He's a friend of mine. He has a fantastic podcast. His name is Steve Poikinen. He's the host of AM Wake Up. Uh, you've seen me there, and I've also been on his other podcast, Slow News Day. Uh, shout out to Steve and episode of the my family thinks i'm crazy podcast be sure to support us on patreon substack or rockfin to get bonus content and help us achieve our goal of 250 supporters and once we get there on patreon we will have a very very special bonus bonus uh, style episode each month uh, stay tuned for the outro to hear more Ladies and gentlemen, here we are again on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast, and you know me, returning is a good friend of mine. I've been on his show several times, and he's been on this show once or twice. It's about time we have him back. The great Steve Poikinen from AM Wake Up Slow News Day. You see him on the Union of the Unwanted, and he's also been here talking about Julian Assange, and I do want to get an update on him right off the bat because this is an issue that you have a particular expertise in and you've been fighting for his freedom for as long as he's been in this quagmire. So what's going on with Assange? Because I know there was an update this month with, I think, the ambassador down there in Australia and they flagged something that had to do with his possible release so what's going on with assange well so i mean diplomatic chatter is is diplomatic chatter and it's good to hear something in a a direction towards you know people maybe having a conversation about protecting the future of legitimate journalism and free speech both offline and online going forward that's that's great julian assange himself is still in Belmarsh prison where he's been for the last four plus years, three of them without charges and being held on remand. So, you know, basically like we we can't really charge you with anything, but we know you're guilty of something. So you don't get to leave the maximum security Guantanamo Bay of the United Kingdom for, for maybe, maybe doing some journalism stuff <laughs> you know, so that we could ship you through a supermax for 175 years for violating the Espionage Act of 1917 and the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, which Congress passed because they watched the movie War Games and got scared. That's, that's real. I don't, I don't know if anybody remembers that or not, but yeah, that's why the law that governs the internet was written. It's because Congress... Saw war games and went, oh, we can't let them hack the planet, you know, so. (laughs) 
Right, right. I heard recently somebody make the analogy that Congress and the Senate, it's just like a podcast going on that nobody listens to. Those people, they're just podcasting all day. They're doing a podcast that nobody listens to and really doesn't get much done or accomplish anything in the eyes of what they've set out to do. But you cover this kind of stuff regularly on your show, AM Wake Up. So tell us a little bit about that. I kind of jumped the gun asking you about Assange. I do want to get deeper oh, into that Let, well and to to finish that real quick though just kind of put a, a little a little button on it the last uh, last day for appeal for the legal team is going to gone coming gone they've submitted that it's now back to where it was about two years ago where it's waiting to go in front of a judge to decide whether or not the appeal is accepted last time they took 10 months to do it before a decision was made and it was basically like a three page. I don't care what you submitted. I don't care what the other evidence says. The judge in the first case said he needed to go. So I guess he's going to go. We'll see you later. I don't think the Biden administration wants to deal with it. We all know that, that Joe Biden is a puppet, but they can't even pretend they can't they can't pretend like he could make a competent decision about it. Merrick Garland, the attorney general currently, is under all kinds of scrutiny for a bunch of other shenanigans that he's pulled. So I don't think the US wants to deal with it. I think the reason you're seeing the the chatter out of Caroline Kennedy and the the Australians is because for a number of years they've been throwing their hands up over the situation going, well, we want him to die and he's not. Or if he did, we haven't told anybody yet. Could be a Queen of England situation. We don't know. You know, it's not like you can produce a guy who's in solitary confinement 23 and a half hours a day. So, but as far as that goes, you know, not dead. And so can't bring him to the U.S. Let's try and figure out a way to get him back to the home country, maybe on permanent house arrest or some shit like that, you know. But it, it, what it looks like is they've effectively managed to take what was a decent tool of information sharing and allowing people to formulate a more complete picture of how the world works in WikiLeaks. They gave us the full Trans-Pacific Partnership details that everybody kind of forgets that. And I think that was a huge thing that, that happened. It was a huge moment in time when we were shown in black and white, just sober detail, how the United States government wasn't the United States government, but part of a transnational corporate international corporation that wanted complete control over absolutely every single element from the ground up and that court was going to be an arbitration process between a handful of corporate lawyers and that's how you were going to settle right and wrong going forward we got to see all of those details eight years ago 2015 and it was so bad. It was so bad, Mark, that Obama backed off of it. Hillary backed off of it. I mean, she still said she supported it, but she couldn't talk about it like she used to. Trump ran on making sure it never happened. That's it was a campaign promise from Donald Trump. I'm not going to pass the TPP. 
Well, it, it, the only reason people know what was in it was because it got it got sent to WikiLeaks and they published it. So I think they've effectively been able to remove that tool from from the playing field. And one little overlap on that: the website Cryptome, which still to the, you know to the point at which they shut it down themselves just recently still had all of the unredacted cable gate stuff that they were trying, that they're trying to charge Assange with that he personally redacted like 10,000 names from and shit like that over on Cryptome, You could see it unredacted from the moment it got published to the moment the guy who ran it, took it down. And he said, this website's not coming back up until Julian Assange is free. I also just saw that Julian Assange is about to do a thing in the metaverse or something. I don't even know how the fuck that's going on. I'm not even sure. I haven't really looked into it yet. I saw it on Twitter right before we were coming in. Okay. I, I, I don't, oh, I don't breaking know. News. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe they got him a headset. He'll be doing the Zuckerberg thing and talking to people in the metaverse. <laughs> I have no idea how this is supposed to work. But, yeah, it, it's, yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think we're about to see another period of legal limbo until after the 2024 election. I really don't think anybody wants it to be an election year issue, especially after a year of hearings about, here's how the government interferes with the internet and social media platforms and runs them in order to control the narrative and silence and eliminate dissident voices. (laughs) Right. Right. And that's a great point that, you know, the TPP was effectively shown in the light and the people were able to make a cause against it, you know, in the nick of time, who knows if that's still going to go down. But I heard recently that Mexico had its own set of WikiLeaks. Did you hear about this? It was like an internal sort of thing going on in Mexico. It shed a lot of light on the corruption in the cartels. I don't know exactly what website, if it was explicitly WikiLeaks or not, but they had like a basically a disclosure event in Mexico discussing a lot of this. Did you see that? Well, I I saw a little bit of it. I can't remember the name of the website either, but that's a long time coming because Mexico gave up a a anonymous hacker, one of the people that were well, he was he had unmasked himself, a guy a guy called Commander X, and he Mexico gave him up for extradition to the U.S. over a a paperwork snafu the week before Kamala Harris came and visited AMLO back in, I think, 2021, 2020. 2020. But they snagged him up after Mexico gave him up. So it, it seems like over the course of the ensuing few years after you know, knowing that the government gave up a, a hacktivist that some sort of internal, you know, I, I, removal, re, repatriation of information, perhaps, <laughs> was due. Yeah. Right. And it's, but, it's, it seems like, you know, this sort of thing goes on a lot more than you know, we might take into account, obviously Assange is more infamous. We have Chelsea Manning and a few others, but 
how frequently do these sort of leaks take place? Are there any recent ones that you've been excited or fascinated by? Well, what fascinates me, honestly, it has been the the disclosure through a lot of these social media hearings that corroborates everything that we were talking about throughout. That, the, yes, there are backdoors into these social media companies for various intelligence agencies and governments. We knew that. We we're trying to tell people that, that, of course, the Trump administration and Biden administration were interfering with our ability to access information and to share it and distribute it. We've been arguing since Elon Musk, I guess, put out the Twitter files kind of thing, that this was an attempt to redefine what journalism is going forward, that journalism now only comes from screenshots that you never get to see any of the source material from that the screenshots are the word of God based on the blue check mark next to the name that you know isn't an establishment blue check mark this time because they gave their money for it to a different oligarch. So they're not a part of the establishment, you guys, because literally the richest man in the world who's also a defense contractor and wants to put brain chips in everyone is on your side and fighting for free speech. Yeah, exactly. X now, as it's called, and for, what is it, $8 or something, you can pay your way into having credibility on social media, because that, that is a commodity now. You're not credible unless you are approved by some corporation, whether it's MAGA or who knows what. It's, it's all corporate, it feels Well, it, it is, and this is, there was a shift in sci-fi in about the 30s where early sci-fi used to be in the future there was a a one world authoritarian government and from the 30s to about the the mid 50s then into the 60s it turned into yes there's still a one world government but it's a corporation everybody works for the corporation and the, that's kind of as in as much as you get predictive programming, I think that allowing, I don't know, outright fascist ideology to prevail over a handful of bloodthirsty ruling families generationally for centuries it ha has led us to this inevitable spot where we're all going, holy crap, we really do have corporate overlords. How the shit did this happen? Yeah, and it, it seems like this, you know, so-called awakening that people endured over the past few years, it has tinges of propaganda and manipulation all over it, you know, and, and I kind of, I hate to throw it all out together, like, you know, the old adage, the baby in the bathwater, but these people who are red-pilled, so to speak, yet, you know, can't leave walmart they can't give up amazon i mean hey as i'm saying this i'm realizing like whoa you're being a hypocrite right now because i shopped at walmart last month so but i i feel like there is a a sort of movement now where people are being sort of soft red pilled so they get this feeling of oh you're a part of this wave of people who are changing the world when really it's just 
corporately ordained you know it's this like controlled hegelian movement of opposites where they're they're okay with the right kind of rebellion as long as it's within this agenda line it's the albert pike thing where if the people want a hero we'll we'll give them one right yeah and you combine that with cia director william casey's statements 1981, we'll know our disinformation campaign is complete when everything the public believes is untrue. You've got a 24-hour news information propaganda slow drip MK Ultra cycle that everyone volunteers for, puts in their hand, puts in their pocket, carries around with them everywhere. And you get rewarded for it. You get dopamine for it. If you pay a little bit of money and you say the right things and you didn't do a no-no before you paid the money and you got the mark, then you can get rewarded and compensated monetarily. Now, sure, you have to give up all of your identification for it. You have to sit there. Even though you've already been verified, you have to resubmit and re-verify yourself. you got to give a facial scan. you got to sit there with your ID next to you so they they double make sure that you're you but that's that's how you know you're real because as you you said a a corporation told you that you're a person now because you paid them eight dollars to tell you that you're a person right so they're leasing your identity back to you now you've you've entered into a contract with a corporation that your identity belongs to them Mm. who you are is now now you have to check with x and when you sign your, when you connect your crypto wallet to it, it's going to run through X's verification. When you run your other bank accounts through it, because that's what Elon wants to do with X is make it WeChat. He said it years ago. We've showed the clip a lot. People yelled at us for it. And they were like, no, 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 he's saving us. And it's like, no, dude, but this is what he said. It's not what I said. It's what he said. Yeah. Right. But all of that's going to be verified through X's system. So you've entered into a contract with Elon Musk for your identity. And you, as long as you pay Elon Musk and X that money, well, they'll lease your identity back to you. And they'll let other people know that you're you. But if they decide that you're not you, case in point, my good friend Garland Nixon, who's suspended from his Twitter account right now, verified. It's still up, but all of his media content has been removed. All of his shows, everything he does, yanked from his page. The reason is, X says, we don't know who you are. We have no way to verify you. He's like, I just paid you last month. I have the receipt. You sent the we can't verify you email to the same email address as you sent the invoice for the $8. But you're telling me that because of what I say, I'm now no longer me. Right. I'm not. Fuck. You have my identity. Now I don't. I'm no longer Garland Nixon. That account's still up. It could post right now. But it won't be Garland. Because Garland can't access Garland. 
Jeez. Yeah, and that's the that's the funny thing is how far away are we from them actually taking over accounts and posting for us with these AI algorithms that are supposed to mimic, you know, that they, they'll say, "Well, hey, we're going to suspend your you from tweeting, but we'll have this AI bot tweet what we think you might tweet if you were being a good boy." <laughs> hey guys, I'm back. I was just kidding. Anthony Blinken is a great fella and the United States of America has every right to defend Ukraine with your tax dollars. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and it, it is it is really a good apt comparison to bring in the sci-fi movies and, and predictive programming through novels because it's really been this intellectual academia, you know, this engine of intellectual change that has brought us to this techno fascist place and i i think people still even in this conspiracy community they get caught up in the red versus blue the hegelian division and you know with trump and and the populist movement and then we have the libertarians i mean it does become very confusing and i'm not asking you you know to self-identify here but i'm wondering you know as far as like china goes when you hear people talking about china and it does feel like we're we're again you know creating this boogeyman and maybe for good reason but when you see this sort of thing being talked about you know how do you interpret it as far as you know global politics goes do you see us as sort of just all pawns being used by these elites or these corporations and you know really isn't the chinese citizens that are our threat it's the chinese businessmen just like it is the american businessmen i mean again i don't want to overload I mean, my prompt but what do you think no 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 you're you're fine so look and i've said this before and i i truly believe this i abhor authoritarianism it, I don't give a, a, a freaking rusty, runny, sideways damn what color the flag of the authoritarian is, what shape their hat is, how snappy their uniforms are. I don't – that, that doesn't matter to me. Whitney Webb related this to the, the U.S. election in, in 2020, but it applies to – any system of government, as far as I'm concerned, when you're feeding me a shit sandwich, I don't care what bread is on the shit sandwich. I don't care if it's 18 grain artisanal made. I don't care if a freaking 19 year old virgin needed the dough naked in the moonlight. I don't, it doesn't matter to me what the bread is. It's you're feeding me a shit sandwich. Why? Why should I accept? Right. Why should I do? You know, so I, I am. I'm. Uh, I think that all systems of government are illegitimate and exist only through extortion, theft, and implied or direct use of force. So it's. I'm. You know, gonna gonna be <laughs> view it a little bit differently. I do think that as an authoritarian nation. China has made significant steps over the last several years in, in kind of, you know, securing their foothold on on the planet. I think that we've been pushing towards a moment where we wake up to find out that Oceania has always been at war with Eurasia. 
and that that's just life. The way that the whole BRICS thing is shaping up right now is that you have the you have the appearance of a multipolar, completely international, multicultural, multi-ethnic, monetary organization that facilitates trade, all kinds of other aspects of existence, sharing technology, all of these things under the BRICS umbrella. Well, you also have the NATO states that effectively do that too. Now, there's one thing that all of these people share in common, and that is that all of their finances that go to the state before any corporation any human being ever sees it all underwritten by the bank of international settlements. There's one bank to rule them all. It's the central bank of central banks, but it also underwrites all of the BRICS contracts. So bank of international settlements is financially responsible for the NATO states and the BRICS states. We live in a, banker's cult and and that's it like that's the whole story (laughs) it's how it plays out is the really entertaining part but the tldr part is we live in a death cult that's ran by bankers and they're sycophantic minions and they use child sex trafficking drugs and all kinds of other things as potential you know career enders if you ever get off the party boat but they offer you the party boat, and you can be on the party boat for life. If you ever try to leave, if you ever try to talk about it, you don't get that life anymore. Like, in any way you want to view it, you don't get life anymore. Right. Right. And I, I'm a big picture guy. I think you just laid it out in a big picture view. And I guess that's where my question lies now is like, how do you sort through all this? Because AM wake up, I mean, you guys aren't just repeating that simple mantra every time a problem comes up. You guys look through it. I mean, Chris from Rained Out Rantcast has now joined you guys as a regular co-host. You have a bunch of guests regularly and you're talking about stuff that is very topical. How do you do that without losing your mind, Steve? I mean, it is all that simple. It really does boil down to that. But don't you think like sorting through it all can be a little maddening? Well, we do it with funny voices and dick jokes. (laughs) So that really helps. It really helps. And I'm not kidding. I say this a lot. If it wasn't for the jokes, we, we would just be three hours of screaming. And at the heart of it, AM Wake Up is a comedy show. It really is. And and what we're, what I, the whole, like the whole format in in a nutshell is is that I've always admired a lot of the things that No Agenda does. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak, where the show operates on the value for value system because I think it's the best way to do it. And it's 100%, you know, copied from the no agenda model deconstructing narrative is an important aspect of everyone's overall journey through all of this if you're able to do that in a a consistent and hopefully consistently funny way 
that is entertaining and just still without compromising your integrity or your soul or any of that stuff, then, you know, I think, I think there's a chance to, to help people form a more complete picture of the world that we all live in. And that's really what I'm trying to do. And I've loved Opie and Anthony radio from, you know, from, from the time I was a wee, well, not really, but I grew up on Bob and Tom in Indiana. And then I found Opie and Anthony in the early two thousands. And that's where I, I began becoming an acolyte at the church of Patrice O'Neill. And, and, you know, for, so I'm trying to like push those two worlds together because no agenda never does anything with guests. Opie and Anthony barely scratched the surface when it came to forming a more complete picture of how the world works. And it's only because of Patrice O'Neill coming in and talking shit that any of them had any fucking inkling in the first place. So try to bring in comics, try to bring in some brain breakers early on in the week. And now Wednesday and Thursday, we are 100% focused on solutions and putting what we're talking about into action and making that something that people can look at, look at who's doing it because it's not like we're in a fancy freaking studio. It's not like we've got, you know, freaking thousands of dollars rolling in any given point. We're not, we don't do a Patreon. It's just a value for value show. If you see value in what we're doing, whatever that looks like to you, send it this way. And that's how the show keeps going. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't go. I'm going to go find a fucking carpentry gig out here. Like us, you know, but as long as it's rolling, it's rolling. Yeah. You know what? I love it. Amen to that. And I think that, you know, without humor, it would be a lot harder to sift through it all. But I wonder, you know, maybe that's really at the heart of this whole, and this, you know, might be boiling things out too much, you know, boiling things down too much. But, you know, it seems like these high power individuals don't have a great sense of humor. It seems like the people that find themselves at Davos or the World Economic Forum don't have a sense of humor. And that's why they can't take any sort of, you know, mockery or, or even just the truth, really. I think there's an angle to it where, yeah, they feel like they're in you know, they're privileged to their secrecy because their ends justify the means, but yeah, we need more jesters poking fun at this. But, I, you know, it seems like a symptom of psychopathy. A lot of these people, you know, they can't take any sort of mockery. Well, you're, you're right. It's, you know, complete and total narcissism. The inability to take a joke, especially when it's at your expense. It just speaks to a fundamental weakness. And one of the things that we we do a lot is a lot of self-deprecating shit because you can't take yourself too seriously. The moment you start taking any of this too seriously, that's when they got you. That's when they got you. And I'm not afraid to boil it down as much as, by again, Church Patrice O'Neill, Church Bill Hicks. Church George Carlin. You, that this is these are the the places where you know that's where the show worships. So that's the at the heart of it. That's what we're trying to do. Boil it down. Everybody's out here running around 
pretending. That's how you get through in clown world. You have to pretend. You have to pretend that we have free speech. You have to pretend that elections are eh, a little complicated, but basically we get it right. You have to pretend that the clowns that they put forward, we've now got, again, a situation where maybe it'll be 2020 part two, where you've got the WWE Hall of Fame villain against the kid-sniffing, dementia-addled, freaking puppet, half a skin suit, barely a skeleton in it. There's so okay, but neither of them are debating. Neither of them are engaging in the democratic primary process. The small D democratic for worse, you know. Uh, everybody pretends it's a democracy. Uh, on paper, it's a representative republic, but we pretend it's some kind of a democracy. We pretend that the stuff that we get from the media is news. Even though, according to every poll and stuff like that, the vast majority of every person who can still rub two brain cells together is like, yes, they're all liars. But I like the way that person lies. So I'm going to tune into that person. This person's lies. They, they tickle my fancy. I like that. Ooh, ooh, Donald Trump skipping the debate to have an interview with Tucker Carlson? Ooh, that sounds awesome. That's the, you know, oh, okay, you're going to skip the playoff. You're going to skip basketball playoffs because it's the first round of basketball playoffs because there's a championship game on in a sport that you wouldn't ordinarily be watching that has nothing to do with basketball. Okay, that's cool. That's your three hours or whatever. I don't know. I'm, I've, I've got a whole bunch of, you know, <clears throat> A whole bunch of stuff that we're trying to get together organized for to do in person. Mm. So that's what, you know, instead of watching debates and shit, that's what we did. I love that. Yeah, that's, I mean, a lot of that drama and, and you know, bread and circus bullshit with politics is, it, it becomes moronic, repetitive, and it, you quickly you realize that it is all just manufactured to evoke these responses in people but if we could deconstruct something here now you mentioned something just a moment ago that sparked a thought i saw a recent episode you guys did covid comeback was the title and i saw a post by the greg greg carlwood higher side chats he was recently on the show Mm -hmm. but he posted something about an elite doing coke with a guy and the guy I think this is Reddit posted, you know, his experience of doing cocaine with this so-called elite. And the guy says that the vax is a depopulation tool, as if we didn't know that already. And he also said something about the mRNA vax being programmable. And then he says something about Booster 4 having something called IgG4 in it, which is permanently active and I guess IgG4 is this sort of, I think it's a, a manipulation or an edit of a gene, possibly. But what does that spark in you? Have you heard anything about these, this IgG4 or maybe the, there being some like, I don't know, layaway side effects to the vaccine that can be kicked in programmably like a kill switch almost? 
that I that I I haven't seen any any evidence to speak of. I've heard some speculation about it. I've seen a couple of people speculate, and there's a couple of reports that don't have an actual source attached to them that I've looked at. What we do know is that the antibody enhancement dependent thing or the antibody dependent and the ADE where once you've got all of the spike in you, once you've got the, the shit, the shit that they put in this gene therapy treatment in you, that your body becomes dependent on that stops manufacturing its own things and it becomes susceptible to many, many more forms of dis-ease and can you can become significantly more ill significantly quicker we've seen an uptick in all kinds of things not just myocarditis stroke stuff like that but rapid onset cancers so rather than some sort of you know electronically programmable kill switch or biologically programmable kill switch i think that what the evidence has shown us directly over the last couple of years is that both whatever it was that they're calling SARS-CoV-2 and the gene therapy treatment to match it acts as kind of an amplifier so if you have varying forms of cancer and you got thing A and took thing B, combination of those things together may be what it takes to amplify that enough. I I have an anecdotal story about this that sucks because one of my little sister's best friends growing up got cancer a number of years ago, went through radiation, went through all of the stuff, beat it, then got COVID, took a jab, took another jab, took a booster. And I think, I don't know if it was between the third and fourth because she, she got all her shots. You know, dad was a a community hospital radiologist and everybody trusted the science, all that kind of stuff. He was retired and all that shit, whatever. Anyway, either between the third and fourth or after the fourth, not only did that cancer come back, but she got rapid onset, another form of cancer that came on with it. And I know a number of other people who the symptoms that they've described for either post jab or post PCR pandemic, whatever the fuck it was you know, are essentially amplifications of, of other illnesses that they've had, other forms of disease that they've had. Yeah, and it is interesting. I mean, when you mentioned the... But I mean, and I'm not, and I'm sorry to cut you, but I'm, I'm not discounting that. I know that, that there's a lot to be said about the lipid nanoparticles and nanoparticle technology to begin with. I'm, I'm not discounting that there may be something like that. What I'm saying is that the direct evidence that we have in, from us, in front of us seems to point to more towards something like a, an amplifier because we have been getting poisoned our entire lives by our governments and the the corporations that you know they partner with right right and 
I was about to say, you know, it does seem like that would be the more effective and sinister protocol for something like this, because as you just pointed out, we're swimming in a sea of toxins uh, from our diet, from our environment, from, you know, even just something as mundane as the plastic encasing your phone off gassing or the EMF that's constantly beaming in and out of it. Yeah, we're all we need to do is, you know, from that perspective of sinister efficiency, all you'd need to do is just weaken the immune system and let, you know, things happen the way they they will. And, you know, I had let's go well, hang on real quick. Let's just extrapolate that out a little bit. And if you if you knew that and you knew that frequency also acted as a force amplifier for stuff like this and you knew that you had been slowly poisoning a population with various forms of frequency over the last several decades, then if you really wanted to muddy the waters about this and well in advance, you wanted to poison the well on it, you would get a couple of limited hangout douchebags to come out and start screaming about how the 5G is what's the doing. There's no Rona. It's just the fight. And you would totally poison the well on that so that anyone who ever thought, hey, maybe why is it? Why? Why do all of the houses with smart meters do, you know, have the why is it with that? Why? Why do you any question that you have that's related to frequency? gets immediately dismissed and put in that tinfoil hat bucket. You're freaking, you're not just crazy. You're, you're Stu Peters, you know, cleaning David Icke's toilet crazy. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's a thought. That's just where my head went. So. I mean, yeah, that's, that's everything I suspected, especially when it all started you know, there was talk of the kids being let out of school so that they could throw these 5G arrays into every classroom and totally wire the place for 5G. So, yeah, it, it definitely, you know, it didn't surprise me to see more of those 5G towers as time went on after 2020 and all this kicked off. But, you know, in the same way, you can take enough melatonin and then your mind your brain won't create melatonin anymore and you'll have trouble sleeping they're doing this with your immune system i, I mean that is just so sinister to think like you know we're, we could you know manipulate human biology in that way maybe i'm a hopelessly naive but i'd like to think that our immune systems are strong enough to adapt to that and i wonder you know, maybe this is, again, optimistic to a fault, but could the elites be in some sort of position where they think they're evolving us to be, like, stronger or superhuman and, and like, you know, like sort of, I don't know, thinning the herd of the weaker genes? I mean, has that thought ever struck your mind or do you think it's more of a, a, a different scenario? Well, there's a couple of different ways to, to go about looking at that because in a sense, the answer is yes, but it's not us that they want to be in the class of superhuman. It's them and whatever their lineage are. They eat better than us. They have the seed vault 
and has all the freaking heirloom seeds and stuff like that in it. They know that there's nobody that the and I, I I can't stand the the word Ellie. These are freaking inbred goons from centuries of plunder and freaking you know, annihilation. There's nothing elite about that. Any freaking mongoloid can pick up a club. You know, it's whatever. But the these sniveling, inbred, freaking kid sniffing weirdos, these douchebags that are a part of the bankers cult. They don't. They they don't eat. They don't eat Doritos, man. Not, uh, hanging out, snacking on Funyuns. They all got personal chefs that are growing their own microgreens, and they got elaborate gardens. And here's the thing. We can do that, too. You don't have to be hopeful about anything. You have to reclaim a patch of dirt. Go meet the people that produce food locally. This is what we're doing every Thursday on AM Wake Up with Texas Slim from the Beef Initiative. And if people who listen to the, the show here are familiar with No Agenda in that universe, they'd be familiar with Slim and the beef initiative slim comes on every thursday and we talk about real practical solutions to reclaiming your food supply locally how that interplays with securing your community giving your community and yourself more overall liberty which increases your individual autonomy and allows you to view voluntary participation in securing your community as an individual act of personal responsibility because you know what those fucks want to do to your dirt, to your water, to your food, to your body, to your spirit. All You know that. You know that. So it is an individual act of personal responsibility to secure your local food supply and thereby securing your community against the people who want to take that away from you. Yeah. And I'm interested in talking to Texas slim, you know, I worked at farmer's markets, spent a lot of time working at farmer's markets and it was a very reaffirming thing to spend time with people who directly were in that process of of growth. I mean, you know, being on a farm, obviously there are exceptions. Factory farms are an exception, but real farming, you know, there's an energy that's imbued in the people who take on this work and it's really life affirming and you, it's, it's, it's sort of infectious. You know, you go to a farmer's market and people are typically just happy and, and really just like kind of vibrant. Right. And I miss that. And I've kind of gone back and forth on, you know, meat eating. Most people look at me and they think I'm a vegan. I don't think I've even talked about it on the podcast ever, but most guests just guess that I'm a vegan for some reason. And I, I'm not, I eat meat. And there are, there were times in, in the past where I've been vegan, but I would like to talk to Texas Slim because you know, it's really hard to tell. There's propaganda on both sides telling you, oh, meat's bad. And then there's this whole new wave of people who are like, no, I only eat meat. As a matter of fact, I'm totally carnivore. And you know, I don't know that you're totally there. But as a fellow pot smoker, I mean, you know, you probably were around for the whole 
vegetarian kind of thing went hand in hand with being a weed smoker or a cannabis lover. And now it's kind of shifted away from that to where you have people on all sides of it. How do you personally feel about that? I mean, I imagine you eat beef if you're talking to Texas Slim. Yeah, so the the one thing that's made the most sense to me as far as my personal diet and what I should be putting in my body is the book Eating Right for Your Type. And it goes through all of the various blood types that you can have and how different ki- kinds of food interact with that. And so based on based on I and I not a doctor, not a nutritionist, all that kind of stuff. You know, let's let's get that little disclaimer out there. But again, the thing that's made most sense to me is diet based on blood type. And, and mine calls for meat and red meat as a, a part of that. So then the challenge began, and it calls for fruits and vegetables and dairy and all that kind of stuff too. The, the thing that I think is we should all keep in mind and we should try to make a goal. I'm not saying that you can immediately go out and do this right now because it's a lot harder for some people than it is for others based on the, the purely where you live. But a goal should be to reduce the amount of reduce the amount of touch points between your where your food was growing and your plate. And by that, I mean, you know, various different processing facilities. And then that goes at least to all of your supermarket meat. It, it goes through a number of different hands before you eat, it even leaves the processing facility where in almost every case it went through with thousands of other animals that day. You know, the whole thing on the, the show coming up about microprocessing centers and mobile processing centers for all kinds of meat, not just cattle, but poultry and anything, everything else as a way to, to, you know, reclaim the localization of your food source because all of that got taken away. But we have the, the ability to reduce the amount of touch points so that you can quite literally know the name of the address of and very possibly the name of the animal that is now on your plate that only went to one other touch point, the processing facility where it was wrapped and packaged and you went and picked it up or someone from that facility drove it from that facility to your house. I got one for you. How about this? I milked a cow. There's touch points. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best. Yeah. That was the best milk I've ever had, and I got it out of the cow myself. So yeah, that was that was quite an experience. I'm all for that, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it because it is something that I know you're not a a doctor or nutritionist, but you do. But live yeah, a, so I mean, if you're gonna eat fringe. meat, if you're gonna eat red meat, the best thing you can do is eat the cleanest, purest raw. You know, not raw but the cleanest, purest well, animal protein that you possibly can. And it's the whole notion of voting with your dollar, too, because when we support our local farmers, we support our community, we support our state, we support, you know, that as opposed to these big corporations that are, you know, uh, trucking beef all over the country from these, you know, really just sad, sick, you know, situations where cows are just kind of piled on top of each other, filled with hormones and then slaughtered. 
you know. JBS and Tyson Farms aren't sponsoring soccer teams or martial arts clubs or anything <laughs> like that that would in any way, shape, or form help a community's kids do something other than stare at a freaking screen or do Chinese research chemicals. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, and speaking of, you know, Chinese research chemicals, I brought up China earlier, but it does seem like, you know, we're facing an assault from this cartel mixed with the Chinese, you know, chemists, this assault against American, you know, people. I mean, there's so many people that have overdosed and died from fentanyl, and, you know, I'm starting to wonder... You know, do you think that the opium wars of the 19th century are somehow, you know, we're seeing our, you know, just desserts from that? Do you think China's sort of serving up a plate of revenge in the form of uh, poisoned opium? I know that there's, if there's a market for it, then somebody's going to fill that demand. Somebody's going to do it. I know that the era of surveillance that we live in, the era of hyper-militarized police, the fact that with from every border in the U.S. in 100 miles is technically a constitution-free zone, as is every major airport, national park, and that federal facility in the country, and that zone extends around a little bit individually. I know that if we wanted to, we could stop the flow of fentanyl into the country within a matter of hours, if not days. This is the controlled demolition of the American empire, as our friend Charlie Robinson has written about so very, very well. The, the, the biggest drug traffickers in the United States are the Drug Enforcement Agency, the Central Intelligence Agency, and the ATF with help from the FBI. These are the largest drug traffickers. So the Chinese sending fentanyl through Mexico, sending, sending fentanyl up to port cities and whatnot, giving Mexican cartels the infrastructure to make, manufacture the fentanyl much, much closer to the U.S. border, thereby saving them a ton in, in transportation costs and having to clear various customs and stuff like that, which is something that people always, everybody goes, it's coming from China. No, it's not. It's coming from Mexico because that's where the manufacturing facilities are. They're in Central America as well. They're in a couple of South American countries as well, too. But for the, imagine how bad of a business empire you must think the Chinese are that they would manufacture and ship from China to the United States or to Mexico to then have another bunch of hands smuggle their stuff up the board when you could just have your facility open up shop right on the other side of the border. Still technically Chinese, but also very much Mexican cartels right. on their soil doing the actual work. 
Right, right. And there are journalists down in Central and South America who have taken pictures and re- made reports of Chinese scientists in cartel, known cartel areas. So, yeah, this is definitely something that sounds more efficient. Why ship, you know, how, however many tons of fentanyl over here when you can buy one airplane ticket for a, a guy who knows how to teach these people to set it up or shove him in a shipping container? <laughs> yeah. What's he going to say? No. <laughs> I mean, come on. I, what the fuck right. are we talking about here? Right. Right. He's not getting first class. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on. Right. Sure. Oh, yeah. We'll pay you. We'll let you live. We'll let you live in a nice house. We'll supply all of your food. We'll supply all of your stuff. You, you won't have a worry in the world as long as you do your job. Set you up with a nice pension. You retire. You'll never be able to access or touch a dime, but we'll take care of you if you behave. Yeah. Yeah, and it does does feel like, you know, a dark situation, but that's why the solutions are so important to focus on, you know, while we're staying informed and having the contextual awareness to understand what we're up against you know, we still need to focus on what's directly in front of us. And, yeah, I, I do like the, the points you've made so far. Are there any other points we can add to that in, in light of this? I mean, obviously, you know, the police, we can't trust them in some situations. Maybe in some communities we can. But, you know, how would somebody take maybe a more sovereign approach to, I don't know, getting drugs out of their community or getting gangs out of their community? Is there any, you know, sort of solution in that regard or you think we're a little far away from that yet? I don't have a a big picture prescription for drug addled communities. I I I don't I so here's what I know. Here's what I know. If you're not if you're not healed or healing and very self-aware, the kind of help that you're able to give people is generally not the best kind of help. And until we all heal, going to be kind of hard to figure out a really good way forward. I think a lot of us are, are hurt, broken, PTSD, slow drip MK ultra survivors that, you know, are just trying to figure some shit out. And so I don't, I don't really have, I don't know, man, go, go door to door and just give everybody Kratom. Grow chickens. You have chickens. They keep you humble. You can't. You can't take shit, shit seriously when you got that going on behind you. You can't. It's hard to. It's hard to take shit. It really is, dude. <laughs> <Shaniqua>, damn. <laughs> you know, she loud as fuck. I love it. I think the the ambiance is good, and then you know maybe people working in an office building right now will appreciate that kind of ambiance. But I hope so, man, because (laughs) I can't do a damn thing about it. Oh no, it's not that bad, honestly. If you are worried about it, it's not bad. But the the I mean the best advice that, that I could give about any of this is that we've already done everything that we need to do to give ourselves and achieve more liberty, more freedom, more autonomy. We've already done all of that. We There's already a, a template for parallel structures, parallel societies, counter economies have been up and running for 10,000 years. 
we know how to do that. We know how to grow food. We know relatively the the overall weapons that are being used against us and almost all of them exist in the form of fiat currency or weapons that we either have or know how to beat we know that a bunch of rice farmers with ak-47s can fend off the greatest military power the world's ever seen over the course of time you know a bunch of retarded kid raping goat herders can do it too so i mean you're gonna just let bunch of retarded kid rating goat herders be better than you are you really you gonna do that because that's what being blackpilled is the uh, that's you know and a lot of people accuse me of doing it because i'm down on the idea that you can vote your way out of an oligarchy or some weird sign on i haven't fully understood it i don't pay too much attention to it but being blackpilled is looking at goblin-faced bitch tits bill gates and going yeah that guy's better than me and he can win Really? <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, then I can't be worried about you because we're over here doing this stuff that you know we don't just talk about it. We we're about it. Right. So we're over here doing it. So if you look at that five years from now and you're like, holy shit, that's working. I think I'll go try that. We'll have built the infrastructure for it. But I think that enough people who have figured out what's going on should get together and just go ahead and do the thing. Because you don't get the people in the middle without giving them a workable alternative. Right. People in the middle are comfortable, and they're scared, and they're in debt, and they're obligated, and they're over-obligated, and they're stressed. So they're much, much more willing to sit in their own shit because, hey, it's theirs, and it's, it's warm and comfy. They're familiar with it. So yeah. until you provide an alternative, and you're actually about the stuff that you're talking about, well, and I think I think that's a big reason why we see, you know, certain disinformation leaning into the conspiracy narrative because they know that a person who's blackpilled is far less ineffective than someone who is red pilled, right? I mean, I, I really don't I know you're you feel the same way probably about the whole pill analogy. It's really kind of you know, it's been beaten to, to a dead horse, you know, pulp by now. But yeah, I, I do think that red pilled for worse or for better is what we all need to, to achieve and avoid being black pilled because, yeah, well, it's so not. I would go the really. opposite direction with that. And I'm sorry to, to no. tell you, but to go me, ahead. I mean, red pilled just means that, like, you believe the shit that Tim Pool says. Okay. And, well, let's break and, this down because I. I I would take your opinion on this. You've talked about it far more than I have. Okay, well, the way that... Because all of this comes from Michael Malice anyway. He's the one who coined the original red pill expression. He has a book out now called The White Pill, which is, you know... You would would start a a blue-pilled neophyte you would become red-pilled and understand as the way that, that Michael Malice elucidates it at any point that, you know, effectively, yeah, yeah, government's not working for you, but really there's a, a, a pack of, of Democrats in the intelligence agencies that are Epsteining all over the place. And so the vast majority of the red-pilled space are all Donald Trump cheerleaders use a lot of neocon 
military industrial complex ideology and what the the content that they produce it goes one of two directions with the red pill on israel and more often than not it goes in favor of israel and then to be blackpilled would to be depressingly cynically aware that all of that is bullshit this is where you get usually an obsession with like the the existence of secret societies but not necessarily any sort of gumption to look at who these people are in modernity and do anything about it and then to be white pilled is to look at all of this and go oh holy crap we have never lived in an era with more opportunity more fuckery more hilarity more absolute just you can really do anything you want right now you really can they have an imaginary thing called the metaverse they told you money's fake they tell you what they're going to do in advance. They have entire conferences called Event 201 and stuff like that, where they're like, here's a simulated exercise about how we're going to turn the West into a post-pandemic police state. They're telegraphing all of this shit, whether or not it's because they believe in karmic washing. I don't give a damn. Doesn't matter if I believe in it. Matters if they believe in it. They believe in it. They're going to do it. So they're telling us everything. We got advanced warning on all of this. We have really cool technology. We've got the ability to communicate with everyone. We've got step-by-step manuals on how to grow and do and build all of this stuff. How could you not look at that as unmitigated opportunity? the whole the whole process as far, yeah. as far as i see it at any rate i yeah i'm really kind of stepping back because i love that you know i said oh i'll take your opinion what i really meant to say is i'd like to form my opinion around your understanding because i feel like you've approached this in a way that other people most people haven't but white pilled certainly seems to be the most favorable of the options there and if it is like a sort of hierarchy maybe people need to go through each one to fully appreciate even being white-pilled i I mean i i think back i I could remember when i was red-pilled back during you know 9-11 and the war in iraq i was very young and kind of like oh fuck all these corporations and these neocons they're clearly lying to us and you know it, it happened in stages i eventually fell for the whole obama bernie crap you know and the, the <laughs> that that was the change we needed to bring into the world and all this other stuff that never panned out but you know here we are now in this position where you know i'm really just i, I agree with you uh, that we can't vote our way out of this oligarchy and w- what we really need to do is you know, vote with our feet and move to a patch of dirt that we can control and where the Constitution still means something, right? I mean, how do you feel about people who leave the United States and become expats, I mean, to find freedom in other countries? Do you think that's a worthwhile option or do you believe like that we're kind of protected by the, the Constitution in most parts of the country? Well, so there's a lot of ways, again, there's a lot of ways to look at that. And technically, if you live within 100 miles of a border or a federal institution, you're in a constitution-free zone. But 
the the marketing and the rhetoric still means a lot to a lot of people in a number of different places. And I'm in the, a small town in, in one of the, it's like a little red patch in a blue pocket for lack of better description. Cause it is Sonoma County. There are still people walking around with masks on Gurnville's right down the road. That's gay Vegas. It's there's freaking like, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. They're doing a gay rodeo in like a week. Yeah. 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 And I don't know if that means gay cowboys or gay horses. I'm not sure how that works. I'm not, I'm not really planning on looking into it any further, but I, you know, don't look I, a gift horse in the mouth is what they say, Steve. Right. 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 Give a whole new meaning to the bull. And like, I don't know, dude, it's just the whole thing. It's out of my element. I'm not even sure, but you know, it's, but what my point is, is that it is very, very shit Libby, you know, 15 miles in any direction but here there's like this is a public street and i see as many four-wheelers and shit as i do vehicles for people going to the one store in this town that doesn't even have a freaking stop sign until you get to the highway there's a store there's like a you know a little community store like a freaking backwoods bodega type thing Mm. and auto parts store a post office and that's the whole fucking town <laughs> nice nice yeah. right on now when you, you you really when you said the miles from a border thing 100 miles from a border do you mean an international border right yeah not not state yeah. borders because that would make not state borders but it does encompass most of the eastern seaboard well, yeah, and I would imagine the coast would be an international border because the oceans are in international waters. So, yeah, wow. So I'm screwed in Connecticut. I mean, I don't think Connecticut's even 100 mile. Like, it's pretty no. small. <laughs> no. And, I mean, that's, and that's most of the population. And most of the population lives within 10 miles or 20 miles of an airport. You know, right. stuff like that. So it's basically all of the population centers are constitution-free zones. But if that's something that means something to you, and, and I think that as a foundational document, you know, the the constitution exists as a set of limitations on what government is allowed to do to you. That's what the constitution is. People have no concept of that. They have no concept of what a republic is. They have no concept of what a representative republic is. The the people are walking around with this force-fed ego that nobody earned or deserved in terms of how they think their country works. And it's allowed for this disassociative disorder to take place where... even a former president like Jimmy Carter can come out and say, well, the United States is an oligarchy. And he said that 11, 12 years ago. And people went, yeah, I guess so, huh? You know, and, and we just still keep pretending. So I come back to harping on the pretending thing, but well, and, and I think we can stop pretending. And I think they've, you know, sufficiently erased that Republican, a representative republic from people's minds, you know, from their history, right? I mean, how often do we, you know, even hear about that? But do you, do you think that, you know, that is a, 
form of government that you would live under or are you more of a, cause I think a lot of people in this community get pegged as anarchists when we're really not. I mean, do you, do you feel, I, I really am. Okay. I, I really am an anarchist and, and, and I, the, by, by that, I, I mean, again, I think that any form of centralized government exists, you know, immorally and illegally right. and only exists by, extortion and force and implied or direct use of force and so but i do i fall probably more into the agorist voluntarist category right and and i do i i think that i think that you can have relative consensus based governance which is significantly different than government. And I think that we do that all day, every day. I think that all of our interactions or most of our interactions exist in a, a condition of, in a relationship of anarchy. Anarchy is not a location. It's not a state. It's a relationship. And that relationship is, is I don't speak for you. You don't speak for me. We're not going to use force against one another if we come to a disagreement. There's an arbitration process if necessary, but more often than not, we can disagree and go our separate ways. All of our relationships or the vast majority of our relationships are like this. It's only when the state gets in between those relationships, we usually find ourselves in conflict with one another, whether that's through propaganda through extortion or, you know, taxes, extortion, whatever, something like that. Rules designed to limit our movements, our natural rights. When the state gets in between our, our interpersonal relationships uh, as our natural rights dictate, we're almost always in a state of conflict. But without that interruption, we can generally find a way to, to move around it, through it or whatever, without resorting to violence. So, again, we've already done all the stuff that we need to do. We know basically somewhere lurking around how to do it. We need to remember. We need to stop pretending. We need to stop being afraid. We need to recognize that it's okay to walk away from a bad investment. And if that's, you know, a, a blue team, red team ideology, if that's, a, you know, you, the West versus China ideology, whatever, whatever that is. See, it's okay to walk away from a bad investment. You know, that's, that's really when you can start that whole healing thing, recognizing that you made a bad investment and going, oh shit, I fucked up. All right. Well, I know that I'm not going to have much if I walk away from this, but man, I, the stuff I do have is killing me. Right. My, I'm going to bring up Michael Malice one more time and I'll shut up. And I'm not even like a huge fan of the dude. He's just made some really important points that I've, I've started have resonated with me over the last several years. And, and the, the most, this was a few years ago, heard him on a podcast talking about why he moved out of New York city were born and raised, didn't know how to drive a car, never shot a gun, blah, 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 blah. And still very much, you know, anarchist after having been a 4chan troll and shit stir and whatever. He said, one day I looked in the mirror and I asked myself, how much longer are you going to subsidize your own oppression? 
And I went, whoa, <laughs> shit, you know. So I, I think to, to varying degrees, you can apply that to every aspect of your life and you can slowly start to limit the amount of subsidizing that you do to your own oppression and that we do have a unique opportunity to connect, you know, across, across the Arctic basin and still get together in person. And so I would encourage that because that's where you really get to formulate ideas and, and networks and ways that you can take all of the concepts that we talk about, put them into direct action and practice. Right. Right. And as we start to wind down here, let's talk about that. Cause you mentioned before we started that you're planning on doing more events and getting people out and in person, which I fully agree with and encourage i think i ought to do the same myself although we're on different sides of the country maybe i'll make it out towards your neck of the woods but yeah we got to start getting together and creating a community of like-minded individuals i think that's the network that will you know prevail in in times if things get worse you know so huge shout out to tease snyder conspiracysynergy.com T Scott uh, hold of me a month or so ago and he was like hey your show's really long I'd like to fill some of that time <laughs> you know and we we started formulating a plan every Wednesday on AM wake up Tease comes on and we we have a, a focus on getting out into the real world and holding at least at least very small scale in-person events you and a handful of other people even a couple other people that need to be handheld and slow walked into realizing that that most of the people on tv are paid professional liars and most of the the institute institutions and corporations that sponsor all of those tv shows are you know mass murdering psychopaths if people need a little help getting through that you know this is this is part of it what what we decided <laughs> was that you have to lead by example so end of October, first weekend of November, we still need to confirm a date. We're in Pueblo, Colorado, because this is how the universe is, has worked it. There's a, a woman who watches the show who does artwork for us that is whole just if you're not already fully immersed in the world of AM Wake Up, none of this is going to make sense. But there's a long-running joke about a marmot in the Large Hadron Collider and why we're in the situation that we're in right now. We have a, a 2024 Marmot calendar that Angela has made that you can pre-order on the website right now. It's the whole thing. It's But anyway, she lives in Pueblo. The Blowback Gallery lives in Pueblo. It's an art gallery, event space, bar, really cool thing that an old punk rock fella called Jeff has had for a while. Tease happens to know Jeff from the blowback gallery. So all of this sort of just kind of fell into place where we could lead by example, by doing an event with a mutual friend in their space. We are going to have it sort of like conspiracy carnival themed. 
which means we're going to have booths there and people are going to be doing things in a carnival-like atmosphere that allows for people to expand their view on how the world in which they live works. Lindsay Sharman from Rogueways is going to be there. She lives fairly close to Pueblo. Her dude, who's a good friend of mine and a fantastic artist in a, a number of different ways, Johnny Johnny Larson, Yeti Slang, was going to be there. I've spoken to Charlie Robinson, and, and he's down. I called Sam last weekend, and Sam's like, yeah, if I just give me a date and let's try to work something out. You know, so Sam's at least on board ish. If we can generate a little bit through a fundraiser, I'll be able to to come out in person. We've got a couple of people that I'm not not ready to announce yet that have have signed on to show up via video. We've got live music. We're going to have at least a couple of local comics, if not the international celebrity Sam Tripoli. But but he is going to help put us in contact. He said he knew some just absolute killers in the area that he'd connect us with those comics. So any way you shake it, live music, comedy, multimedia, 3D carnival experience that will freaking decalcify your pineal gland. I love it, man. Wow, I'm... A little sad that I'm not going to be in anywhere close to be there, but... Here's the really cool thing. You don't have to be. You can host your own and organize your own, and maybe we can all come out to that, too, and everybody else can do that, too. I would I would love to see something like this be like a little pop-up event that happened in a ton of different cities after we show you guys a blueprint of what it can look like. That's yeah. what I want out of it. I, I don't don't want this to be a one-off. I don't want it to be something that I have to do every time. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know the I, I think that it's relatively simple enough and that we live in a, a DIY era enough and people are used to kind of throwing entire productions together on next to nothing that, that people can do this basically everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is about me, the the cultural programming I endured or received, or maybe I'm just shy, but I do I do struggle sometimes with like branching out and and making those connections at least locally. I mean, I've got tons of people I talk to on the podcast, but yeah, it's about time I do something like that cuz the world's getting city any an hour or two away if you have to. Pick pick a decent sized city. Think of all the people that you've had on the show. Think of whether or not they might know a couple of people in there too. You know, work the angle of you know how to get in contact with comics and music artists. Find an event space where there's some... I mean, dude, I'm almost positive, but not 100%, so I don't want to put it on him, but almost positive, the guy who owns the Blowback Gallery is an autonomy graduate, Richard Grove series... You know, there's, I mean, that kind of network is invaluable. You don't, if it's not, if it's not something you personally want to do, but you have the ability that you have to access to a a vast network of creative and, and wonderful individuals, let that be the thing that you do 
that helps get the thing off the ground. Hey, I heard about this thing that these guys are doing over here. I don't really know how to do it, but all of you guys kick ass. And maybe if I put this out in the ether, we can throw something together. And then when you need me again in two weeks to send out a bunch of emails or bring people into the show to talk about it or book people over here to talk about it, I'll be able to hit the ground running on that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and yeah, you're you're bringing up a lot of good points. I mean, shit, I founded Alt Media United. I mean, that's a network right you there. Did, I don't know. Hopefully you got it, but I did pay some dues a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And thank yeah. you. Thank you for sure. I not not so much do, but it, it is a I'm uh, fucking around. Yeah, I'm no, I, I I still haven't got my official patch either. I'm so pissed. <laughs> See, this is why we need more support because I wanna do stuff like that and have patches or some sort of cool <laughs> thing that like we could be like a podcast biker gang or something. But when it comes to New England, I've got a ton of New England podcasters that I know. So if any of them are listening, don't be dismayed by my comments. I totally want to get together and do something like this. So thanks, Steve, for inspiring it. And yeah, I'm just really psyched to see it happening. Maybe you guys come out to New England. Obviously, New Hampshire's go got... Pork Fest so yeah. freaking bad. Man, New Hampshire's so got a good reputation every year about it. it. comes around so quick, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I don't know, man. It looks like I'm I'm going to Anarchapoco right next now. year. Okay. And I'm really stoked on that. So that'll be... that'll be I'll be hosting Anarchapoco's morning show live stream. Right on. Yeah, yeah. All right, Steve. So you mentioned the the people who m- might be there. There's some guests, some big announcements that can't be made yet. But I, maybe you said this already, but could you just tell us again the date, when this is going to be? We've Not, still got to nail it down. Okay. It's either Halloween weekend or the weekend right after, and that's really going to depend on the schedule of the comedians and how far out they've booked. So in all reality. It'll probably be the first weekend in November. Okay. In Pueblo, Colorado, Blowback Gallery. And yeah, this is, you know, AM Wake Up, I guess, presents. <laughs> but in, in reality, it's, you know, the, the people who are, you know, helping to produce the show and watch the show that are the, the reason it's all happening. And, and that's something, again, that everybody can do. But yeah, if you're anywhere near or around Pueblo, first weekend in November, this this is where you're going to want to be is the blowback gallery right on i love it and i hope people listening do show up to that and yeah no agenda has the no agenda meetups which they've been doing for quite a while now and i think that's super inspiring so folks if you're not near colorado there's still a chance to meet up with like-minded individuals at those no agenda meetups i should go to one of those i just felt like it would be like a, a shameful promotion of my podcast, but who knows? Maybe I need to. No, it could be a gleeful promotion of your podcast. <laughs> it could be. Right. We're doing producer meetups for AM Wake Up now. This Sunday, we're we're having our, our August one. Since I, I got here to Sonoma County, we've been doing one a month. We've gone some on tremendous hikes and had some really good food. We're doing oyster and whatever else, barbecue this Sunday over by the beach where they filmed the last scene of Goonies, a little like dome rock thingy. Mm. That beach is like right up the road. So we're, we're going to, I don't know when this is coming out, but I, I would recommend if anyone lives anywhere near Sonoma County and wants to be a part of this stuff, we do a meetup every month. It's usually towards the end of the month, 
the October meetup is going to be at the Hardly Strictly Bluegrass Festival in Golden Gate Park. That's free music from like all kinds of different legends. And so, you know, that's that's the October one and that's the first weekend of October. But for everyone else, go to amwakeupshow.com, sign up for the newsletter, and every month you'll get the location details. We've got a really cool thing going on with the meetups and I hope that you know others pop up in the same fashion because really the value for value system and getting together in three dimensions is what independent media I think needs to to be focused on going forward. They're trying so hard to silence our voices and take away our ability to get our content out. So, you know, RSS feeds, meetups, that kind of stuff. Let's, let's let's do all that. That's what AMU is all about is, helping independent creators get together and network. So maybe one day Alt Media United will have a spot where people can do meetups and such. We got to talk about that. Maybe I can, you know, use some of these resources in front of me to, to help my friends out and more more so than I, I have so far. But Steve, this has been awesome as usual. I always love talking to you. You're, you know, a real firecracker and you always wake up uh, uh, sort of, you always start a fire in me to, to, to get more on top of what's really going on. Cause I can get lost in my books over here and, you know, in the past. And it's nice to have a refresher when you're on the show and kind of bring me back to reality. So obviously AM wake up, people can tune into that on Rockfin. Is there anywhere else people can tune into that? Are you guys on other sites? Yeah. So we're, we're live streaming on rumble, as well every time that we're live and then to varying degrees of success there have been audio only versions we're getting that back up and running and you'll be able to through the website amwakeupshow.com here in the next couple of weeks you'll be able to access not just current audio but we'll have a full audio archive too Right on. But yeah, it's been a very, very long process. And we just started a Telegram group this week, man. Hmm. I'm bad at this. I don't know if I've made that clear. Well, I'll enough. tell you what. I'm really bad at this. I joined the Telegram last night or the day before that. And from what I've seen, just in this small amount of time, it's a very active group with a lot of really smart people in it. So I recommend, and I'm going to put the link to that in the description. We got a couple hundred people in our Telegram. And I think some of, most of them are bots. I mean, there's a good, don't get me wrong, people listening who are in the Telegram community. I know you're all there, but I got to do what you did with the accept people into the telegram group because i get a lot of bots into my group and i think that is why we have so many people and so little chatter so yeah we're gonna get get the am wake up telegram and the my family think some crazy telegram nice and synced up and hopefully you guys get some new people joining in but yeah go and check that out and the links to steve's stuff will be in the description and also at alt media united Dot com, which I really haven't talked much about at all, but I'm going to be putting some more focus on that in the next few months. So folks, stay tuned for that. And uh, until next time, immerse yourself in the moment, wherever you are in the now. In these wild and turbulent times, it takes a village to stay attuned to what matters most. But with social media locked down, the drone of hive minds buzzing in your ear, and the world around us rapidly degrading into madness, it can be harder than ever to find your tribe. 
not anymore with Gulag America. You can attract like minds and build your tribe. You simply wear their premium cotton line of t-shirts to promote your values while looking great. Patriotism, liberty, and autonomy. These aren't merely words. These represent a way of life, and so does Gulag America. A way that's not afraid to stand up for what's right and what matters most. If you stand for freedom, stand boldly in your favorite selection of Gulag America's high-quality clothing. Let's get out of this gulag together. Use the promo code CRAZY10 to save 10% off at checkout. Go to gulagamerica.com to see their entire line of freedom-oriented clothing. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, and that was our episode with Steve Poikinen from AM Wake Up, Slow News Day, and I love being on AM Wake Up. I was actually on there with uh, Kurt Metzger, who I had the pleasure of seeing uh, live, performing his 30-minute special, which will be available uh, tomorrow. This episode comes out Monday, and that will be on YouTube tomorrow, so go and support Gas Digital presents Kurt Metzger, his 30-minute special. Who knows? Maybe you'll even see me in the crowd. I don't know that they had a camera panning on the crowd, but then again, I had a few beers, and I wasn't paying attention to really anything besides the comic. So, yeah. Great show. I enjoyed it. Kurt Metzger's awesome, and so is Steve. It's very awesome to know him, and it's a privilege to be a, a guest on his show because it is a fun time and he gets really high caliber guests uh, like Kurt Metzger so and maybe even me maybe I'm a high caliber guest who knows but anyways that is our interview we talked a bit about Julian Assange so I hope you like the intro at the beginning there uh yeah I don't know maybe you like the AI voice maybe you don't but I thought that was a neat thing to add to the podcast because people said I, I, I speak too slow and when I recorded um, the entire timeline in my own voice and then I did it with the AI I was like hmm maybe I do speak too slow because it was about two or three minutes longer than what the AI spit out so yeah maybe I'm a slow reader maybe I just like to take my time and let it all settle in either way uh, tomato, tomato, potato, potato, right? So, but speaking of um, really awesome things, AM Wake Up, Slow News Day, great podcast. We've got some great guests on the way, uh, some returning guests as well. And also, uh, of course, the wonderful, fabulous sponsor, The Hit Kit. We now have a new sponsor, which you may have heard in the uh, outro segment there that i put before this outro segment um but yeah we have a new sponsor gulag america go and check out their tees uh and all their clothing 
I think this type of clothing is a great way to make a statement and also maybe attract some like-minded uh, individuals who you can then become friends with. So yeah, check it out. Gulag America. Uh, use the promo code CRAZY10 to save 10% off and email me if you have any trouble with that because I'm not quite sure yet what the promo code is, but um, I'm pretty sure it's crazy 10. So I'll get that squared out by the time we do the next outro. And yeah, shout out to Gulag America. Shout out to the Hit Kit. And the Hit Kit, you can make a statement with the Hit Kit because he, my buddy Garrett, does custom Hit Kits. So you can get whatever design you want. You can even get a QR code that sends people to your website or your social media page maybe you're a musician you could send them right to your spotify page why sit there and watch them type in the name of your website or your band when you can just go boom here scan that with your phone and they'll be delivered right to whatever you have to promote i mean that's one way to utilize it me i just take the weed i roll it up I put it in the hit kit next to my lighter and I know I can trust that when I reach back for it, it'll be there. It's not going anywhere. It's not going to get all crumpled up in my front pocket or my uh, side pocket. God forbid I ever put (laughs) something like that in my pants pocket. I mean, that's just a recipe for disaster. So you want a hit kit. It makes your life easier and you can save 10%, 15% actually, at checkout if you use the promo code crazy so do that get yourself a hit kit get your friend a hit kit i just dropped my hit kit so yeah and i want to give a big shout out to everyone who's joined the patreon in the last few weeks i think i covered most of them uh, last episode but i will be reading uh, some more signups for the next episode so if you signed up in the past few days shout out to you i appreciate you can't do the show without support this is value for value Uh, we do have ads sponsors rather and i think that is a appendage to value for value that's my interpretation of value for value uh, because there are companies out there like gulag america and the hit kit that are in alignment with our uh, philosophy here on the podcast so why not support each other they have a business i have a business let's work together and that's what we do You're not going to hear an ad for uh, Ford Motor Company or McDonald's or, uh, you know, health insurance or some sort of medication. Not on this podcast because we don't do dynamic ads. It's value for value, listener supported. And if you like the show, you want to keep listening to it, you got to support us because, hey, there is that possibility that, you know, life comes a knocking and I realize, oh, I'm not making as much money as I could. I should go do something else, spend my time elsewhere and uh, live the life I'm meant to live. Which, you know, even saying that, I'm kind of gripping my chest like, no, the podcast. I love this podcast. It's changed my life in so many ways. And I'm constantly getting messages from people who say that this podcast is one of their favorites. So uh, I hope that you can connect with the various guests that I bring to the conversation and I hope you like my style of interviewing and whatnot. And if that changes your life, well, that's awesome. I just did a podcast called Bread and Circus and Frank, the host, was very inspired, as he pointed out, uh, by my show. So there we go. There's an example of that. 
Shout out to Frank. Uh, I don't know when he's posting that episode. It might be available already, but you can look up Bread and Circus on YouTube. Bread and Circuses on YouTube, and you'll find that interview when it's available. I'll also be publishing it on uh, the Patreon and the Rock not the Rockfin, uh, on the Patreon for now, and then once his is available, once they have it available on there, and I'll probably post it here on this show, because it was a great conversation, so yeah, and if you have a podcast and you want to interview me about Skull and Bones, or Synchronicity, or something uh, like along those lines, I mean, something maybe you've heard me talk about on another podcast, preferably, If there's something you want to talk about that a guest has talked about on my podcast, that will be, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind, but it it is more difficult. Keep that in mind, you know, because I can only recall so much depending on the topic and, you know, not everything is up my alley, right? So, uh, even though I, I have guests on to talk about certain things that might not be up my alley or my particular expertise, it doesn't mean that I can necessarily speak to those topics on your show. So just keep that in mind. Not that that happened with Bread and Circuses. It was a great conversation. And we talked about uh, Skull and Bones. And we talked a little bit about Esoteric America, which I will be doing another uh, Esoteric America very soon. Maybe even with Mike Wan, who was a guest recently. And him and I do a show together. But this has gone on quite a while. I think we should wrap the outro up here and uh thank you so much folks for tuning in go support steve p wherever you listen to podcasts and on rockfin of course support us there and youtube god forbid you're using youtube still i use it for certain things but uh definitely support us on youtube if you are a youtuber all right adios and immerse yourself in the moment wherever you are in the now MFTIC Broadcasting the moon matrix from the lunar surface They want you confused like you never knew your purpose Hopping through the portals, dismantling the machine My family thinks I'm crazy, I can't believe what I've seen Memories of a war, the Pleiadians and Anunnaki Stuck within the genes of a copy of a human body DNA fractal, the universe within me Epiphanies of science is hoarded by the Illuminati Puppet masters know the power of the mantra Repeating mad lies till it has an effect on ya Subliminal messages hijacking Perception tricking the population with holographic projections. We see through it, and the system is unraveling. I'm astral traveling through the library of the Vatican on a sacred journey. I embark with the squad, forever spitting truth like Mark on the pod. Gotta know the facts, never hold back. Cause I ain't getting caught up in the soul trap. I dissect the fabric of reality, looking for the answers. Searching through the galaxy, you might be feeling stressed out. Depression, anxiety, is no measure of health to be well adjusted to a sick society You don't even know how powerful you are We the ones who gonna expose the whole facade I awoke in a deep underground military base Zero recollection of how I got to this place Alien corpses floating in glass cylinders Must have been extracted when they crashed into us Animal hybrids contained in the cages A lion with the eagle head Monkeys with reptilian bases Losing my mind and I'm feeling desperate I look around the room and I see no sign of an exit All of a sudden the wall flickers away Revealing a hangar full of spacecraft My ghetto 
away I run to the nearest one See a guard knock him out Rob him for his plasma gun Hop in the ship, take the controls They highly intuitive, I figure it out easily Lift off, accelerate through a tunnel Until I see the light fly into the sky Get flanked by six F-35s Gotta know facts, never hold back Cause I ain't getting caught up in the soul trap Dissect the fabric of reality Looking for the answers Searching through the galaxy You might be feeling stressed out Depression, anxiety is no measure of health To be well adjusted to a sick society You don't even know how powerful you are We the ones who gonna expose the whole facade